You're listening to the Online DJ Podcast, where today we're talking with Ben Stowe about DMX. Alright ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of the Online DJ Podcast. Now today we're going to be talking all about DMX and some of the factors involved around it. Such as things like can you use microphone cable for DMX lighting, or dip switches and how to understand them, or wireless lighting, all sorts of factors like that. So with me today I've got one of the geekiest guys in the industry, Ben Stowe. Now Ben Stowe has DVDs out talking all about event lighting and some really geeky aspects behind the technology side of the industry. And he also works for NLFX Pro over in North America. So, Ben, firstly, tell us a little bit about your background and who you are. Well, I think you said it. Uh, I'm, I'm a geeky guy. That's kind of who I am and what I do. Um, I'm, I'm frequently called on in the industry to assist with uh, you know, national tours. Uh, obviously, I do a lot of work with the uh, DJ community. Uh, assisting people with uh, engineering questions and, uh, uh, you know, making gear selections. And, uh, and of course, in, in the United States and North America, we're, in a, uh, we're an equipment reseller. Uh, I do have a, a couple DVDs out. Uh, they are available in the UK. Uh, they are part of the Pro Academy series, and they're distributed uh, in, I think, 19 countries. Uh, these include the uh, Pro Academy series event lighting DVD and... Uh, the uh, Pro Academy series Geek Boot Camp. So if you want to be a geek like me, uh, go uh, pick up the boot camp. It's a good start. So moving over to our topic of DMX, can you explain what DMX actually is? DMX is uh, quite simply a digital protocol. Actually, that's its first name, Digital Multiplex. Uh, and it's a, a digital protocol for controlling lighting. And uh, one of the nice things about DMX is that it's standard. It's a universal standard. So DMX from one manufacturer's controller will work with another manufacturer's lights and so on and so forth. And Ben, why do you feel some DJs, especially mobile DJs, seem scared of DMX? Do you think it's more of a time factor that they might not have time to set it up or feel that they don't have time to set it up? Uh, what do you feel it is? I think so, yeah. I think that's part of it. I think, uh, you know, there's a time thing there, but maybe DJs have, uh, you know, have seen some of the early DMX controllers or they've used uh, or seen some of the hardware controllers that are available. Uh, and and I think that might scare me too. And obviously I'm not scared of DMX. I, I use it all the time and, and uh, do some great things with it. I think we live in a different era now and, and uh, have for some time, really. There, there's very inexpensive yet well-featured DMX software packages out there that give uh, tremendous flexibility. They're tremendously easy to use. Uh, they, they give us some wonderful tools uh, and, and they do it in a way that's, you know, really easy for the average layman, I guess, to use. And of course, the power user is just going to get more out of it. So I, I don't think there's really any reason to fear DMX, uh, you know, to quote a famous quote, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, maybe. And what benefits do you personally feel DMX and lighting control adds over, say, using sound to light or pre-manufactured shows built into units? Well, the obvious benefit is is control. I mean, that's the that's it in a nutshell. You have the ability to create lighting that 
matches the audio, that matches the mood. Uh, and I think that's really the new battleground. I think particularly in terms of like uplighting and event lighting, uh, you know, anybody can take a light and point it up a wall. That that requires uh, only the, you know, a basic, you know, ambulatory set of motor skills. Uh, you know, so I think, I think that's the low-hanging fruit. And obviously you're going to see more and more competition for that. Uh, so where the uh, the high fruit is, where the you know where the money is at, is in the ability to control an atmosphere, to control a show, and I think it's the same thing. If, if you go to a concert, you know, if you go to uh, look at a you know a touring artist, obviously all of the lighting that's at that show uh, has been programmed and choreographed to fit a specific mood, to fit a specific purpose within that show, and uh, that's what DMX gives us. And now that it's uh, it's so easy and, and affordable for the average DJ. Uh, I think we're going to see more and more of that, uh, and, and I think it's uh, it's not even the future. I think it's the present. You know, just expanding on that, uh, as opposed to like the built-in shows, the the pre-programmed standalone, uh, you know, shows that come in lights, they're they're great, uh, you know, in some applications. And uh, you know, my answer to every engineering question is it depends. Uh, which is better? I, I guess it, it's going to depend on the on the moment. If you just need a light that's uh, you know going nuts and doing its thing, well, probably the built-in program is fine. But here again, the beauty of DMX is is control. So Ben, if someone wanted to say go out buy some DMX equipment to get started making shows, what's the simplest way they could go out and get started with DMX? Well, for people just getting started out, the, the thing I hear over and over again is I just want simple, and that usually leads them to an inexpensive hardware controller. And those are really the opposite of simple. Uh, you know, I understand they're inexpensive. Uh, you can get one for, you know, in the United States for 30 bucks. Uh, and it's going to be very limited. And if you want to do complex things with it, it's going to be very difficult. And uh, you're really going to you're really going to hate life, you know, uh, whereas uh, software packages uh, can do, uh, you know, so much more uh, and they can do it so much easier. So really, I think simple is is the software it it presents things to us in a very human way it kind of does for us what software does these days we're not looking at lines of code anymore we're just we're just clicking buttons you know if you want to upload a picture of your cat to facebook and i mean you know that that's what the internet is for all you have to do is point and click and dmx software kind of does that for us uh, instead of having to understand the the ones and zeros and the nuts and bolts of dmx so moving over to sort of um, address setting on DMX, with most newer lighting fixtures, we're getting sort of LED displays and things like that, but making setting the DMX address much more simpler. But there are still some fixtures out there with what I call the dreaded dip switch. Now I know personally when I was starting to learn sort of the basics of DMX, uh, dip switches used to confuse the heck out of me. Uh, so. I think it confuses a lot of DJs starting out with dip switches and it sort of puts them off before they even start programming. So how can we get a better grasp on the concept behind dip switches and better understand them? Well, yeah, obviously there's lots of ways now we can address fixtures. Uh, you know, we have seven segment LED displays, we have LCD displays, we have organic LED displays. Uh, you know, we have uh, black box RDM devices that can be remotely addressed. And of course, as you say, the dreaded dip switch. Uh, I, I don't dread dip switches at all. A uh, couple of reasons. I mean, one, they're really actually very simple. I think a lot of people are tripped up by the fact that it's, you know, a binary, you know, type system. But 
the number of the dip switch is is just a uh, placeholder and then each placeholder has a value and that value doubles starting at one so one two four eight sixteen thirty two and so forth so uh, you know we we simply turn on the switches necessary to make a number that we need you know and expanding on that uh i can i can calculate just about any number on a dip switch i need to in my head um, and certainly with a piece of paper i could figure it out quickly uh, but you don't have to. There's an app for that. Uh, dip switches really aren't that scary. I've taught thousands and thousands of people in seminars how to use dip switches, and it's, and it's kind of fun, pardon the pun, to, to watch the lights go on, to see people go, ah, I get it, this isn't so bad at all. Uh, and, uh, you know, a shameless plug, uh, you could always pick up my DVD, and you could have me presenting in your living room anytime you want. Loving the shameless plug there, Ben. Uh, but moving on to something that's fairly new in the industry, um, do you feel wireless DMX is going to be the way forward? Well, I think wireless DMX has definitely come into its own. One of the really important things we got to keep in mind here, though, is that while DMX is a standard, uh, wireless DMX is not. We're, we're really adding a protocol here, and that's the method that we use to transport the DMX signal wirelessly. Uh, and, and there are a lot of uh, wireless DMX protocols out there. There's American DJ's Wi-Fi. There's Chavez DeFi. Uh, there's an open source 2.4 gigahertz. There's, uh, there's, you know, Goddard, uh, designs has one, uh, and, and then there's WDMX. And I think WDMX is probably the closest thing we have to a standard is it's really kind of emerged as the, the leader, certainly in terms of reliability. Uh, and, and one of the reasons is the wireless protocol that it uses, which is AFHSS or advanced frequency hopping spread spectrum. Uh, that means it's moving the signal all over the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum, and it's less vulnerable to uh, interference or, or dropouts. Uh, but as far as whether or not it's the way forward, I mean, it's certainly convenient. It sure is nice. Uh, and, uh, you know, I use it frequently, but at the same time, nothing beats copper. Uh, you know, if you want rock-solid reliability, uh, you know, copper is the way to go. And so uh, many times, you know, you'll see a hybrid between wireless and wired DMX used. Uh, it brings us back to, you know, my, you know, my favorite answer. It depends. Now, my next question is one I'm sure you're going to love answering, and that is, what is the difference between a microphone cable and a DMX cable? And does it really matter which one we use for what? Oh, boy, yes. Uh, if I had a nickel uh, for every time somebody asked me if it was okay to use microphone cable for DMX or, or whatever, uh, I guess I'd be a pretty wealthy guy. Uh, simply put, there are two very different types of signals. Uh, as we discussed early on, uh, DMX is a digital signal, and uh, you know, analog audio is just that. It's an analog signal. So fundamentally, you know, we're designing these cables differently to transport different signals uh, the best way possible. You know, in, in what we want is for our signal to arrive exactly as we sent it, and, and that's simply impossible. So the, the name of the game here is just to alter the signal as little as possible. Uh, and each cable is engineered for a specific purpose. Uh, you know, DMX being a digital signal, we're going to have a higher characteristic impedance. Typically, we find that around 110 or 120 ohms, but we want to have less capacitance. Uh, you know, whereas uh, an analog microphone cable, you're going to find that around 70 ohms characteristic impedance uh, and maybe a little bit higher capacitance uh, in the cable. Uh, and then the inductive values are different too. And typically with DMX cable, we also find uh, a foil shield. And uh, that helps protect us against those higher frequency interferences like RFI and whatnot. Now, here's the real kicker, though. Nine times out of ten, people tell me that they want to use a microphone cable instead of a DMX cable because a mic cable is cheaper. 
Uh, and in reality, that's simply not true. Uh, a quality microphone cable actually will cost more than a DMX cable because it's going to have uh, larger conductors. It's going to be better built to be dragged around stages and walked on by musicians and that sort of thing. Whereas DMX cables typically live in a lighting truss. So uh, they, they tend to, you know, be a little bit, uh, you know, less robust than a microphone cable in that sense. So that doesn't really hold water. Uh, you know, and people ask this too. They say, well, if a DMX cable is, is a better cable because of the additional shielding and whatnot, shouldn't I use that for everything? And of course, the answer, like we just talked about, is no. They're very different cables for different purposes. Uh, you know, you should use a microphone cable for audio and you should use a DMX cable for uh, DMX. Uh, and besides, every time you use a microphone cable for DMX, a kitten dies somewhere. And we definitely got to save those kittens, right? So moving on to me giving you another shameless plug. In your Pro Academy event lighting DVD, you explored the psychology behind event lighting in terms of like that. So without giving too much away, could you briefly sort of explain what that segment was all about? Well, thanks for the cheap plug. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, absolutely. You, we have to think about this in a, in a, in a context of a global world now. Uh, you know, really the whole world is becoming uh, increasingly diverse with a variety of cultures. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, not only does light have a, a sort of a universal impact on humans, uh, we behave differently in the light than we do in the dark. Uh, but individually, of course, colors have different meanings uh, within different cultures. And, and of course, the beauty of DMX is that we have control, but we should do this with a purpose. We should understand what we're trying to do. And uh, so it was really interesting uh, having the, the physiologist and the psychologist uh, participate in our, in our lighting DVD and talk about, you know, what light makes people do, really. Uh, it, it was really kind of interesting. So, Ben, if people want to find out more information about you your DVDs, NLFX Pro, etc. Where can they do this? Well, I, th I think what you want to know is going to dictate where you go to uh, to get that answer. Uh, if you're interested in the DVD, and, and uh, I certainly hope you are, we, uh, you know, we worked hard on it and I feel good about it even uh, all these years later. Uh, it's distributed in the United Kingdom by Pro Mobile and Alfred Music. Uh, I know if you go to promobile.org.uk and you go to their bookstore, they've got it available there and they've got it in stock. Uh, so uh, that's probably, uh, you know, where I would go. Uh, if you want to learn more about me, you can go to my blog, benstow.com. Uh, I, uh, don't update it nearly as often as I should, but just stop by and give it a read. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. I'm there. I've got a lot of friends uh, all over the world on there. Uh, and, uh, NLFX Pro is at nlfxpro.com. Uh, you know, and, and like I said, we're primarily, uh, serving North American market with that. So, Ben, before we let you go, we ask all our guests that come on the Online DJ podcast, what is their favorite song? So, what's yours? You know, it's funny. My, my son just asked me the same question the other day. He said, Dad, what's your favorite song? And I said, well, it, it depends on the day. And uh, he, without hesitation, said, Tuesday. <laughs> so, I had no answer for that, you know, what he, uh, I, I like a lot of different music. I, I'm, you know, I think I'm like a lot of people. I enjoy music and I enjoy quality musicians. Uh, of a variety of genres. Uh, I do have a, a huge collection of Johnny Cash on my iPod, so I guess, you know, probably anything from him. Uh, but, you know, I'm all over the map. Uh, kind of dig some of the stuff from Muse, uh, you know, maybe a little alternative rock too. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't really have a favorite song. I, I couldn't even probably nail it down to a favorite style, to be honest. So that was Ben Stowe from NLFX Pro over in America. 
I definitely encourage everyone to go check out his DVDs. They have some great content in them, especially the psychology area of things that we talked about. I found that particularly interesting myself. Uh, he also has some great technology content in those DVDs. So if you're into the technical side of things, definitely go check those out. Ben loves to be geeky, and that definitely comes across in his DVDs. So go check those out. I hope we've uh, made a lot of those guys that are scared about DMX maybe, or a little bit confused or skeptical about it a little more happier to maybe give it a go i definitely think if you've got some parkans or something lying around you should hook them up to a controller or hook them up to some sort of software and just see what you can do with them i mean if it works out you can put some great shows and it can definitely add to your setups so other than that that's all we've got time for today if you want to discuss anything about today's show head over to our twitter at online dj hq you can also find us on facebook online DJ or you can head over to our website www.onlinedj.co you can also subscribe to this podcast on platforms such as iTunes, SoundCloud etc and all the links to that will be on our website. Other than that, see ya! Bye.